1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify?
0: This is John Trooper.
2: This is Kate Prusser.
0: This is Julio Rodriguez.
2: Produced by
0: Evan James Audio.
2: This is Lookout Landing
0: Podcast.
2: Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Lookout Landing Podcast. I have a special guest. Can I say special some more times? It's special. The Mariners are in the playoffs, so we are excited about everything. Uh, joining me for this special episode is C. Trent Rosecrans. Who writes about the cincinnati reds for the athletic and who we're having on to give us some insight about what some people are calling the Seattle red legs trent how are you
0: i'm good i'm very good it's uh watching some playoff baseball which is which is fun um with no rooting interest or professional interest so i guess there's professional interest but no professional real duties which is the best way to do it.
2: We as Mariners fans are used to sitting at home during the postseason and and watching, you know, with, with kind of an interested detachment, which to me is the best way to watch. Um, because now I've watched some playoff baseball that has my team in it and it feels like having heart surgery done on you while also you're jumping out of a plane. Um, and maybe doing cocaine. I don't know, I've never done it, but that's that's kind of what it feels like. So, it's extremely stressful. I I don't know how Yankees fans do it, like, year in and year out.
0: Uh, Oh, they have no souls.
2: Ah, That is probably, uh, yeah, yeah, that that would make sense. I mean, maybe it's good not to be in it every year, or you do wind up with just that, uh, just kind of baseline. Yeah, you do maybe get, like, some, you incur some soul damage from having to go through this year after year. Uh, But the Mariners are here this year. And that is thanks in no small part to them basically airlifting a significant part of the Cincinnati Reds over to Seattle. Uh, the joking term on Twitter is the, the Seattle Redlegs. Um, I've said before that I have conflicted feelings about this because obviously I'm delighted to have these players. I think it's a shame we have these players. A Luis Castillo should never be... Much like a Juan Soto should never be available to a team, uh, Luis Castillo should not either. I am happy that the Mariners are the team that's able to have him.
0: Oh, yeah. He's really, really good. Um, What's crazy is, you know, how many teams have had him before the Reds even. Um,
2: Yeah, so can you,
0: like,
2: he's new to us, so can you kind of give us a little bit of uh, Luis Castillo's career arc before he arrived here?
0: Yeah, he was with the Giants, um, went to the Marlins in the Casey McGee trade uh, way back when. Um, he was younger. Uh, you know, when he was with the Marlins and then really when he was with the Marlins, oh, I'm sorry, the Giants and the Marlins, both those teams saw him as a reliever. And it's funny, when you get that tag on you early, it can be hard to shake. And for some wow. reason, it was hard to shake. And then um,
2: <laughs> Dick it Williams... Was just that he was before. like a, a hard thrower?
0: Yeah, he did. I don't think he even threw as hard as he does now. I, I, I don't know. It's been hard to, like, figure it out. And then, you know, the Marlins one year said, oh, we're going to close. We need a veteran starter. And the Reds, would pick picked up Dan Straley off of waivers the year before, and he was then their best pitcher, traded Dan Scrayley to the Marlins for three players, including Luis Castillo. There's also that weird, remember the Marlins trade with the, the Padres? And I'm, I'm blanking on who all it was. Somebody was hurt, and so they had to redo it. They traded Castillo to the Padres, but the Padres then had to send Castillo back. Um... So it was one of those things where he was this prospect. He wasn't like a prospect prospect. He was a guy that some people knew. Um, and then that year, like the Reds had Dan Straley. He was going to be cheap, but he was a veteran and he pitched well. And uh, the Red Scouts loved Luis Castillo. And the Red Scouts were either right the only ones who saw him pitch because, like, it's hard to imagine that you don't see it in this guy. Um, And then, you know, he kind of came up and was just right away. I I I will never forget the time, like, I'd seen him pitch a couple times that first year. This guy's pretty good. And then I was actually in um, Miami for the All-Star game and it was the last series before the All-Star game and they're we playing the Diamondbacks in Arizona. And we're watching that game at, a, at a, a bar, and you just watch these ugly swings from Paul Goldschmidt. And it's like, Goldschmidt doesn't take ugly swings. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, no, this guy's really, really good. We thought he was pretty good, and then he's really, really good. Uh, just and, and, you know, the changeup has been his pitch forever. But... This year, he's really started throwing up at the top of the, the zone with that four seamer, mixing in the two seamer um, slider. I mean, he, he just he, he just he just has it all pitch wise. And then the guy, the guy is great. Um, just loose, um, you know. You can. It's funny. I, I think it drove some people mad because even when he didn't pitch well, his post game interviews. He's smiling and laughing, and uh, he, he's just—he's just one of those guys that—that that, um, is loose at all times, and, and nothing's too big for him. You know, you can talk to any of the catchers who who caught him or any of his former teammates. They—they uh, they saw this coming. I mean, I, I was talking to Tucker Barnhart the other day, and it's just like it's Louie. And this was right before the start. It's like, you know, it was like, I'm, I'm going to take the Mariners. because, wow. <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and when he was here, even when he wasn't, you know, usually he starts slow. And, but even when he wasn't really going great or whatever, every five days, every person on that team knew they were going to win. They didn't always win, but, it, it, and that's kind of the definition of an ace to me sometimes is just if everybody walks into the park and says, hey, oh, Louis on the mound today. We're going to win. That, that's that, an ace. And it's funny.
2: Of- uh, we, I was in the clubhouse one day and Jesse Winker walked by and he looks at the big board <laughs> that they put up that has the starters on it. And he looks at the board and he says, oh, it's Castillo Day. We're going to win. And just kept walking. <laughs>
0: Oh, I've had that discussion with with Wink many, many times. Yeah. Um, That's just how it is. Every guy has that feeling. (laughs) And even if he doesn't have his best stuff, he's going to go out, he's going to compete. He's going to smile. Nobody's going to feel tense. It's just, uh, he's got a special, I don't know, he's got a special aura about him. And and, and really, (laughs) it's funny, I, I was talking to somebody, it's like all my favorite guys to cover are on the Mariners. Um, like, like, think of all the guys that have come over from the Reds. All been just... I mean, they're, they're great dudes. You know, Wink. Uh, I, I talked about uh, Castillo. Um, uh, Gino. <laughs> Gino's one of a kind. I, I think... I, I'm glad that... Um, a new group of fans get to experience a Yohannes Suarez who is just, he's just a peach of a human. Um, and, and then you go Kirk Casale. Kirk Casale is literally in my contacts as Kirk Casale, quote, the best. Um, oh, Taylor, <laughs> Taylor Trammell. Oh, what a, what a, what a great dude. Um, I'm going to be really excited when Taylor is the president of the United States. It's going to be good for our country. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, well, hearing you listed off like that, the Mariners have really uh, availed themselves very heavily of some of the guys who are in the red system. Obviously, Trammell didn't come straight from Cincinnati, came up through the San Diego trade, but uh, there there seems to be something about the character that is targeted in that organization that uh, the Mariners have a very similar appreciation of.
0: Yeah, I mean that is something they, the Reds really kind of value. They look at that a lot, and um, th- those are those are good folks. And um, you know you'll see the closeness with those guys. Um, I, I I I can't imagine how excited Jesse and A. Eugenio were the day that it you know it was announced that 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 they had gotten Luis Castillo. I mean those guys those guys knew what they were getting. And but you know they're they're close. And it's funny because even around clubhouses, there's there is a divide sometimes between the Latin players and, and, and the the American players. And guys like Louis, guys like Gino are uniters. Um, they they're just they're just everybody loves them because that's who they are. Um, Gino loves his good vibes only, but he lives that.
2: He really does. Uh, I would like to, to show you a mental snapshot that I have from the Mariners Clubhouse after the clinch night, which was everybody's just going all over. And, like, let's be clear obviously, the Latin side of the room was having the most fun. Uh, but JP was, JP Crawford was over there with. Mm-hmm castillo and suarez and they were all dancing together jp is doing like the words to a bad bunny song perfectly like dancing up on suarez and castillo who are just loving every second of it like just they are definitely incredibly close and it it was helpful to just transfer all of that um, brotherhood like immediately just kind of infuse it into the mariners clubhouse but Uh, The Mariners Clubhouse has also been built around that um, and built around a real appreciation of people.
1: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
0: This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: And diverse personalities, but they're all they're all together and they're all one. And, and Suarez specifically has taken a huge role in that. He's taken a huge role in being a mariner, um, owning the drought, saying we when he talks about it which i feel like it would be really easy for players to be like Psh, that was 20 that was 20 years before i was here like i have no part in that but this group specifically has said this is our drought this is our this is our responsibility to end this and bring playoff baseball back to seattle and and seeing Eugenio come here and immediately be like all in like he's all in on the team he's all in on the on the city he's all in on the fans he's all in on making playoff baseball happen in Seattle and uh, it really just feels like personality wise he had a huge role in keeping this team up when they had some tough times and I, I really there's some shots of him in that dugout yesterday where he's Celebrating after the Santana home run and he comes through and he says, keep going. Let's keep it going. Keep, you know, he's he's exhorting his teammates and then they mount this incredible comeback.
0: Yeah, uh, it, 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 none of that surprises me, you know, because I just I know the people. Um, I've known Eugenio since he came over and, and just one of the most outgoing, genuine people you will meet in this game. You know, I know Jesse has had one heck of a bad season. Um, but Jesse is, he's everybody's little brother. And um, he can hit. And, and I still believe that Jesse will hit. Um, probably wasn't the best ballpark fit for him. But I think once he kind of gets over that, he'll be fine. Um, you know, Louie is a competitor. And he's everything. Uh, Kurt Casale is one of those guys who's going... To do everything you need, he's so smart. Future manager, if he wants to be, you know, vandy guy, good dude. Uh, When he came to the Reds, you know, he was the backup to Tucker Barnhart. He accepted that. You know, there's a lot to be said for for that role, and especially if you have a guy like Cal Raleigh, you know, a young catcher like that, having Tucker, having Kirk is great for Cal Raleigh. Now, it also helps that Kurt Casale really works well with Luis Castillo and can probably help out a little bit with Cal, you know, in the playoffs. Kurt's probably not going to be starting those games, but he can really help out there. He is just an ultimate team player. Um, Taylor Trammell, like I said, I I expect him to be president, and I will vote for him, and I, I just think the world of that guy.
2: They're a, a super incredible collection of players and of people. Um, I think, yeah, Eugenio has jumped into Mariners fans' hearts and minds and just really captured us. I was wondering if there was any, like, particular favorite story you have about Eugenio, but, like, a moment that really stands out when you think about him. Hmm.
0: It's a good question, and there's just... I, I, I'm trying to think of a singular moment. Um, reading with Chino, I just think of that smile, you know, and the joy that he plays with and that he comes to the park with. I can't, I, I'm trying to really think of it.
2: Yeah, I always a get singular a singular moment that when he was traded to the Mariners, you know, basically he just had to walk a little bit in Peoria because yeah. the Reds and the Mariners train pretty close together, so it wasn't a far trip for him, but, you know, he comes in, he's got the hair half-dyed, like a black and white cookie, you know, parts white and parts black, and Service said, like, ooh, yeah, Eugenio walks in, and he's got the dangling earring with his number from it, and the hair, and I think Service was like, well, (laughs) a little, you know, he's a very Midwestern dad, Um, so he's a little like, wow, what have we... What's this going to be like? I think he was a little, a little struck by anyway, his appearance. Uh, who I don't think he knew he was going to be. I think he would have made a different hair choice maybe if he'd known that he was going to be showing up to a brand new clubhouse. Um But in a way, I, I love that he. you know? I don't know. A, yeah, maybe not. I love <laughs> that he came with the the two tone hair because I do think that that set everyone's expectations immediately. Like, that was the first picture of him that kind of went out on Mariner's media, Mariner's Twitter. It started circulating, and everyone was like, huh, who's the, who is this? I I had known what? who he was because, uh, again, that smile. Big big fan of him for many years, and I was delighted to acquire him. Um, but I
0: well, think I, that, I think-
2: as far as an introduction, says a lot about him. <laughs>
0: You know what else? I was just thinking about this. This this is a more recent memory, and, and it wasn't even you know including Gino, but it it was the last day um, after the Reds lost uh, on the last day of the season. Finished sixty two and one hundred. Um, we're talking to Jonathan India, uh, rookie of the year two thousand twenty one. Had, had a rough season, kind of a sophomore season, Had some some injuries. Still kind of the guy, one of the guys, the young core of this team. And Jonathan brought up, like, you know, that, that day after Gino and, and Wink got traded, it was just, like, that affected the team. You know, that much longer. You know, after a full season, <laughs> partial spring training in a full wow. season, it was still a big part of it that, that the team, you know, he, he just said it was, like, it was almost like a death in the family, oh. um, losing Gino because and, and, and Wink, just because those are two of the guys. They are allowed. everybody um, kind of gravitates towards them. Uh, when they gravitate towards uh, Gino, it's more celebratory. Uh, Wink, a lot of time it was just a pick on Wink. Um, mm. But, but the, the, those guys just they were big parts of this, this team in that clubhouse. And the culture. And it was tough. You know, I think of A. Eugenio in, you know, almost every game, he and Joey would do a little dance, you know, Um, those two guys dancing together. Uh, Joey Vado loves to dance and and Gino does as well. And it just, it was kind of that, like, you have this guy from Venezuela and you have this guy from Toronto and they just got along famously. But, like, I don't, think it matters where you're from. If if you don't get along with Gino, then, then you have There's problems. There's something
2: wrong with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, um, he's he's just that guy. He is really that guy. And um, I think about like just talking to him and he did every interview, always in English, and I I, I talked to him about it because like it is hard. And he wasn't always perfect but he was so confident in himself and secure in himself. And like, I'm scared, you know, I'm scared shitless to try to, I, I know a little bit of Spanish and a little bit Japanese. i really struggle um, having the courage and to be able to do it from day one with cameras in your face. And you could see him getting better and better. You could see him talking to, you know, there's a, um, some of the other young Spanish speakers. He always encouraged them to try and, and you know, Jose Peraza, when he was here as well, also a fellow Venezuelan, you know, Gino would say, hey, Jose, do it in English, do it in English. And he said, he said, you know, I play here. And, and like I will never, ever, ever. <laughs> I've lived in other countries. Um, I understand how hard it is to, to be in a country where you don't speak the language. And, like, for those guys, it's really tough and intimidating to try to speak to people and try to speak to people in the second language when you have cameras in your face. But Gino was never scared and he encouraged others to do it because he said, How am I supposed to connect with the fans, the city, if I don't speak the same language? Um, I won't always get it right, but that's part of learning. And, and it's just the most mature, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's something I always think of with, with Gino. Uh, just how willing he was and how important it was to him to, to be, I don't know, uh, united with, with everybody. And, and that includes fans and teammates and media.
2: I mean, it's funny because I do speak a, a little Spanish enough that I can, you know, have a rough conversation with players um, and Eugenio was will speak to me in Spanish, but also started out always in English because I think a similar thing, like he did not he just he he really wants to include everybody. And if English is gonna be like the lingua franca of the clubhouse, then he wants to speak it. He wants other people in on it too. Um, and yeah, absolutely like the way he has just really take it. He hopped on the microphone after the Mariners finished their season. Uh, they ended against Detroit. And he hopped on the microphone, addressed the crowd, told told the fans who were there how much they appreciate. And just takes every opportunity that he can, it seems, to kind of feed that energy back. And I, he's the most relentlessly positive person I've ever been around. He's I don't know where he gets it all. He does not have a bad day. One of my favorite Eugenio stories is uh actually it was also a favorite Castillo story. It was the first time we saw him pitch at home and he pitched against the Yankees. And he had a very draw I mean, and that was what was impressive to me is here it's this high pressure thing. They're facing the Yankees. They're in wild card contention. He goes all these innings, and he's just smiling, like, relaxed, at, laughing as he comes off. the Yeah, it's just those vibes. And then it, the game went on forever, and Eugenio struck out in a really key spot, could not come up with the hit that would have ended the game, and he snapped his bat over his knee, frustrated. The Mariners wound up walking it off. It was a wild game. I see Eugenio in the clubhouse later, and he's like singing, dancing. Like, there's no memory of the guy who was so frustrated. He broke his bat over his knee. And, you know, everyone's trying to get their story about Castillo because this was Castillo's home debut. And Eugenio goes sailing through the clubhouse saying, Luis Castillo is the best pitcher in the world. (laughs) Like, just Uh totally, total rebound immediately. Because, because to Gino,
0: Gino, it wasn't about him. It's about winning. And, and they won. He got what he wanted. <laughs> and it's not to be the hero. It's to be on a winning team. And, and you know, all those guys are like that. Um, Louis doesn't care if he gets the W if the team wins. You know? they're <laughs> it, it, It's just... I don't know. Those are special people. I, I, I just keep saying the same thing. I mean, we started this talking about a special episode. Special. It is <laughs> special.
1: Those guys really are special.
0: I mean, I mean, really, they are, though. Like, I, I'm really happy for all those guys. I watch these Mariners games because, I don't know, like, I, I know those guys, and I know what it means to them, and, and I'm so happy for them. And just like I'm so just gutted for Jesse, with how he's doing right now.
2: Let's talk about Winker a little bit because he has been, he's had a rough season here. Um, he obviously did have a high point where the, and I, you know, when he, when he's, I don't feel like fans have turned on him too badly about the hitting. Like people rac- seem to recognize he's had a, he's just had a, he's had a real scuffle getting used to things here. Um, obviously, he jumped into Mariner fans' hearts when he stood up for Julio Rodriguez at the Angels brawl. I don't know. Did you happen to see what? Did you see oh, yeah. all go down? Uh, when? When yeah. were you made aware of that?
0: Probably pretty close to when it happened. I'm trying to think where we were.
2: It was uh, June 26th. I want to say. Let me see.
0: Yeah, it was around. The- yeah. I was. Where was I? I was on the road, and like I started. <laughs> I think I was texting with Wink right after the game um, about it and some other stuff. Um, and and he was <laughs> he was jazzed, but like his old all his old teammates had watched, and they were like, "Oh yeah," because it was also included uh, Raisiele Iglesias, another former Red, right? Um, and. um... So, it was just one of those things. (laughs) I also, uh, I think I texted Amir Garrett and said, hey, did you teach uh, Jesse that? It's like, Amir was saying he was proud of Jesse. Um, (laughs) Again, one of my absolute favorite guys in the world, too, Amir Garrett. Uh, (laughs) When Amir got traded during spring training, too, I just texted him. I was like, this is beginning to feel, like, personal. We're getting rid of everybody I like. Sunny. Uh, Sonny Gray. Uh, it sounds like I like everybody. Chap, I believe. So I like a lot of people, but you know, those guys I've known for a long time. And um, but yeah, Jesse. That that was Jesse. I mean, I, I, I think he was upset and he wasn't going to take it. And good on him, you know. <laughs> with with the other uh, manager yelling at him, and, and he was. He was not. He stood stood his ground. And maybe some of them left been a mirror uh, that, he, that he knew it. Uh, so <laughs> he knew what to do. Um,
2: well, it, it was yeah. interesting to me because you described him as the team's little brother in yeah. Cincinnati. But here he was very much sticking up for Julio Rodriguez because they did hit Julio. And you can see on the replay him mouthing screaming at Phil Nevin, the Angels manager, interim manager. Um, he's just a kid. He's just a kid. And that obviously Mariners fans fiercely protective of Julio Rodriguez. Uh, yeah. That is the quickest route <laughs> into our hearts is is defending him from, from ills. But it seems like there might have been a little bit of a little bit of a role reversal there where now Winker is the older brother.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's got an all-star game under his belt. Of course, so does Julio now. Um, but, um, you know, he's a guy who's been around. He's been a top prospect. Um, he was, you know, I did a story a couple of years ago when I um, went over to Peoria and talked to Jay Bruce in the, the, the small part, but, but when Jay was with the the Mariners, and that's a guy that is really close with Jesse Winker, um, and he had kind of done that, and and. You know, Jesse knows what it means to have older people around who've been around and can help uh, you out. Jay Bruce was at for him. Uh, you know, he's been around Gino. He's been around Joey Votto. He he's he's been there, and I think part of that was probably there are some things that, that Jesse Winker can help with Julio and you know being a teammate and standing up and watching someone stand up. For their teammates, like Amir Garrett, that that's something that he believes in, and good on him. And I, I think that is something to remember. That's who that's who Jesse is.
2: He is from Buffalo,
0: after all. We, we have to. Uh, he's <laughs> born in <laughs> Buffalo. He's from Orlando. Don't <laughs> let him fool you. Okay, but Crazy his family's Buffalo. from Buffalo. He was oh. born in Buffalo, and uh, he he does that, but he's from Orlando. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, always we. There's a couple of us who always, like, come on, man, you're from Orlando.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, man, that is, that is not something I would have picked up on with the amount of Bills Mafia gear that. Oh, he's I've a heard.
0: big Bills fan, yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's pretty funny. He's, uh, he, he's, he's such a good kid. I, I kid, he's 27. Um, but I've known him since he was 19, yeah. you know? Right. Um, but, but Jesse is the guy, I was surprised at how much he struggled. And I think, I think maybe that part got to him. Um, it's, it's a different place. And especially when you go from a place like Great American to Safeco Field. Is it still Safeco Field?
2: It's T-Mobile it, Park.
0: T-Mobile Park, sorry.
2: Yes, oh, don't yeah. call it uh, pink, call it magenta. Or they will come after you.
0: Gotcha. So... Um, that, those are pretty disparate places. Um, you know, Jesse had a good season with last year, and a lot of that has to do where he played. He's going to hit the way he hits are line drives, and in Great American Ballpark, those can go out, and maybe they don't go out at Teamable Park with uh, their magenta greatness. Um, but 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 it's it's I. I wonder if that got into his head. Just that place. And also the expectations. Um, you know, he, he's... Someone who's going to figure it out. I, I, I remember one of my early times. I was in the Arizona Fall League. And this is just a weird story. I don't know if it has anything to do with anything. But hey, podcast. It's all about depression, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so we were in the... I was in the Arizona Fall League... And Jesse was there for the Reds. And I got off the plane, went straight to um, Melanoma Ranch over there in, in Glendale.
2: <laughs> i um, never heard it called that, but yes. Oh, man. Is. That's what scouts call it. it is, really? Yeah. That's yeah. A brutal. It, <laughs> Trent is referring to Camelback Ranch, uh, which is the home of the Dodgers and the Whites? Sox? Yes. Uh, and it is a Brutal place. Just absolutely will bake you like a pie.
0: It is a beautiful thing to look at. I, I really love the way it looks, but my god, it was not designed to be habitable.
2: No, but no. It's, it's It's a
0: terrible design. Everything about it is just like form over function.
2: It and is absolutely designed to give you Yeah, melanoma. Uh, At the very least, you will come away with a very bad sunburn.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, (laughs) we're there, and first at bat, I see him. You know, first pitch, outside corner, um, the umpire calls it a strike. Jesse looks back. Second pitch, same thing. And, again, called a strike. Looks like it's a little off the plate. Jesse looks back at the umpire. I think there's a ball next, and then the, the pitcher goes right back to that spot. And Jesse just flips it into left field for, for a single and kind of looks back and runs. I'm talking to him after the game. I was like, you were just pissed off right and just flipped it out there because you're like oh if you're gonna call that a strike it's not a strike but i hit it anyway it's like oh yeah 100 percent." that's exactly what it was and it's that's jesse you know he he, he knows the strike zone um
2: we've definitely seen that he's, this year. he's he's not the good hitter part has not um uh, maybe shown up as much as We were kind of hoping it would, but the the knowledge of the strike zone, I think he's drawn the third most walks in MLP or something ridiculous like that. Uh, He's absolutely shown that he knows the strike zone, which is why I was kind of wondering if, like, yeah, just maybe the idea of being traded, the idea of this team that has postseason designs going out and getting you was... Maybe just just overwhelming him or something. It is. I mean, he's twenty seven, but to me, he's kind of a young twenty seven. Um, in that, this is his second team. Uh, he just hasn't. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. I think that I think that the the problems for him this year have uh, in a large part been just maybe putting too much pressure on himself.
0: I, I can see that. And, you know, I, I've talked to some, some people who've talked to him. I haven't talked to him, I guess for a little bit. I, I know we chatted a bit after the fight, but he, he is the guy who wants to be great. And I, I, I will not give up on Jesse Winker. Um, I, have just seen too much. I know the guy too much. um, He's not a guy I think you give up on. I just think he's going to hit. I think when he finds this kind of comfort level, gets there, maybe maybe all of this helps. You know, he's not the guy. and He's not going to be the guy there. Um, they've done it, and he can just go play baseball. And hopefully that is what happens next. And hopefully he plays baseball. and And what He shows what he can do, because I, I truly, truly believe that Jesse, Jesse's going to hit. Um, the story I did, I, I think I talked about it earlier with Jay Bruce, and Jay told me it. Um, then I talked to some other people, and they told me the same story. When Jesse um, got, got drafted, he was, you know, late first round, um the, pick or whatever um, for the Reds. He went to the high school. He went to um, Arizona, where the Reds had their, 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 their complex in a way. Freddie Benavides, who's now the team's bench coach, was a minor league coordinator. At the and Jesse goes up to Freddie, and they're talking, and Jesse says, two things you got to know about the Wink the wink can really swing the stick, or the wink can swing the stick, and the wink can really swing the stick. <laughs> and So that became legendary. <laughs> you know, Freddie tells it to, to, to Jay, because Jay is, again, he came out of high school, sweet left-handed swing. They were compared to each other a lot. Um, Jesse did, has never had the, the, the power that um, Jay had. Uh, but but Jesse probably had a bit more play dis- discipline than Shay. Uh, but you know, it's just one of those things that I just I can picture Jay telling me that story, and then I ask Freddie about it, and he starts laughing. I ask Jesse about it, and it's like, "Yeah, sounds like something I'd say." Oh uh, but 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 the wank can really swing the stick. I I believe it.
2: Well, I mean, this this really contextualizes his struggles then because. Uh, if his identity is the wink can swing the stick, then yeah, he's had a he's had a rough time he's had a rough time with that. So perhaps that is causing uh, a little bit of of a disconnect in who, who is the yes. wink if the wink cannot swing the stick.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim
1: your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Revoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about it. I did this story last year and I talked to Jesse quite a bit and I talked to some people around him. It was at the All-Star Game and that, you know, one of the things that really helped him last year was that he became a father. And... Um, He's no longer in a relationship with the mother, um, but his daughter is just, you know, the world to him. And grounded.
2: He had a hat hat on the other day at batting practice that said, girl, dad. It does seem to be part of his identity.
0: Oh my God. And I think honestly, his, his, her mother lives in Cincinnati. uh, And I think there's a lot of it this year that was really, really hard for him to, to not be with his daughter as much as, as he, he had been the year before. And um, as a parent, I tell you, I get it. It's tough. Um, when I'm away from my daughter for you know spring training, that gets hard. and.
2: There yeah, is a shot I, I there this. was a shot of him. I think the first time he had her with him after the trade was uh, there was a series in Oakland, and his mom, I think, maybe mm-hmm. brought her brought Wren to the to the park. And there's a shot of him holding her after the game. And his face just looks. I mean, it's lit up in a way that I feel sad because Seattle fans have not gotten a chance really to see that happiness on his face. Um, because he yeah. had a good game and then he's there, and it was just it looked like a moment of kind of pure and, and perfect happiness for him. And, um, and that's tough. Seattle's far away from a lot of other places, and I think, oh my so that- god, you guys are <laughs> really far away. <laughs> We're far. So, away. last yeah, time far, I was it's there, far out here, it,
0: it like okay, so I knew. Was- Seattle is far. I've been there many times. I love Seattle. Um, but I flew so from Cincinnati to Denver, and I had to connect to Denver. And you think, well, Denver, that's, that's most of the way, right? Because Denver seems like oh, far, quite a far bit away from Cincinnati. It was the exact same. It was like two hours and two minutes flight time from Cincinnati to Denver and from Denver to Seattle. Yeah. And it just blew my mind.
2: It's this idea of the West. People think, oh, Denver's in the West. Seattle's in the West. Yeah. Why are they can't they- no, no, no. Mountain West versus uh, Northwest. Very different.
0: You guys are really far out there. I mean, like we, you, like I, like it's, that's a big part of playing for the Mariners too. That's, that traveling. Yeah. Yeah, it's easy. why
2: they have to, I mean, hopefully that's going to get easier next year with the schedule realignment, but, or the year after, whenever that is kicking in, you know, um, well, but, especially
0: and think about going from Cincinnati, where your division is Saint- Cincinnati, St. Louis, Pittsburgh, Milwaukee, Chicago. Oh I mean, yeah, that tri-
2: that travel is great. Any any travel in the central is like oh, uh, we and, we and Cincinnati's there. right in the middle of it.
0: Like you know, it's midway between Pittsburgh and St. Louis, or Pittsburgh and Chicago.
2: Yeah, it's and, um. It's something that I think a lot of people don't, and it's honestly, I, well, as much as I feel badly sometimes about uh, hollowing out the Reds' insides like a jack-o'-lantern and taking all of their good players and making fans feel very sad, I didn't do this personally, but uh, you know, the, these are the circumstances, and they're not good circumstances, but they are what they are. But this is how Seattle is able to import talents like this, because... It's just it is a challenge to sign free agents here. It's 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 very far. And you know, especially when you're looking at players who have families in kind of the traditional baseball hotbeds of Arizona, Florida, California, Texas, I, you know, any of the Latin players, you're very far from them. It it's a challenge. So
0: But I, I, I will I, say you know, you talk to people around. Um, I've seen Connor Phillips who came in that deal. Um, yep,
1: yep.
2: I yeah.
0: really like Connor Phillips.
2: Yeah, he's good. Uh, I, I, if you want, if you want. We can LBA, talk
0: a- yeah,
2: we can um, talk a little bit about the prospects that you. that so, We sent you guys. Edwin Arroyo. Oof, I love that kid.
0: You know, it's funny. We talk about like good dudes and people who fit in and this. Uh, kind of like um, I don't know the, the people they draft or whatever Justin Dunn, one of those guys um, you hope guy. he gets healthy he is a great dude um, he, he had a tough year but he did he was able to pitch some um, and they're, they're hoping maybe next year he can come back and be a part of his team but he's a guy who fits in in that mold Jake Fraley, same thing yeah um, it's very surprising
2: to be like on the other side of this because usually I feel like the Mariners are the ones who or at least kind of in 2019, even 2020, even the beginning of 2021, they were the team that had opportunities. So it was like, we can take other teams like that's how we got Ty France. Uh, they were like, we have a spot to play Ty France in that the Padres don't. And so there was a lot of potential. And now we're we're moving those people that we don't have. Spaces for and acquiring, kind of these these upgrades, which is a is least a <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. a little bit, a little bit, a little bit of an upgrade there. Um, and you know, I, the thing because we mentioned Noelvi Marte, Edwin Arroyo, who were when I saw that trade return, I was, I mean, first of all, I was a little blown out of the water because the Mariners do not always do things like this, like mm-hmm. that. That was. The Splashiest move I've ever seen this front office make, honestly. Um, it was and they make a lot of moves swing. and they make a ton of moves, but they make a lot of like moves on the margins, they make yes. a lot of like acquire Adam Frazier moves. They have never made a move that was this. I mean, the Ravi Ray signing was pretty big, but even that is like, oh, we're gonna give up this amount of money to get this pitcher who probably can't pitch in Canada anyway, so um. That felt good, but not, you know, I mean, acquiring Castillo and the the cost that it would take. And I knew when I was looking at the Mariners farm system, I had different configurations worked out, which were obviously probably too friendly to the Mariners. I was surprised that they wanted both those middle infield talents, but um, I think it was an absolutely accurate price to... But it was especially the right, that, you see talent. Luis Castillo. <laughs> yeah, and I mean that was that was what was incredible was like after that first game, I mean, after the first game of the wild card series, people were like, Well, the who cares won the trade. You know, both those players can go on to become Hall of Fame players. We wish them the best in their careers. Uh, that trade will not look bad because no. it helped the Mariners advance. And not just pass the wild card, but You know, they're going to the ALDS primarily because they had such shutdown pitching in that first game. They were able to save their bullpen, scrape through that. I mean, if you ask me, Luis Castillo won them two games.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know who it reminds me of? The trade it reminds me of, and hopefully it works out better for the Reds. I'm sure they do hope it works. But it reminds me of the Johnny Cueto deal. Now, Johnny Cueto was free agent at the end of the season in 2015, but he went to the Royals, and you know, pitched a complete game in the playoffs. Um, you know, and and did that, and helped lead the Royals to a, a World Series title. And there's a lot of similarities. There's there's so many similarities between Johnny and Louis. Uh, they both have just these amazing change ups. Now now Johnny Johnny pitches more than anybody in the game now. Uh, but, but when he was younger, he could really bring it up there. Uh, he so is one of those loose, loose guys that you couldn't tell anything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you couldn't tell if they won or lost because he was just confident. It was just Johnny. Um, it's funny, like, you know, we talked about the, you know, Jesse saw Luis's name in there, uh, being like, oh, we're going to win today. We did a Dusty Baker story recently. And um, one of the stories I heard afterwards, somebody told me of <laughs> with Dusty was like, yeah, Dusty hated the Cubs, and he would always call a team meeting when they were in Chicago just about how they had to beat these guys. But he always called it on days that Johnny was pitching because he knew they were going to win because Johnny Cueto was on the mound. Same thing with Luis Castillo. Yeah. And I, I think I. I You know, for the people of Seattle, who have never seen it, I hope it works out for them like it did for the the 2015 Royals. Johnny Poito. Oh,
2: man, that would, (laughs) from your mouth. uh, Absolutely fantastic stuff. Um, They're all super appreciated here. And we are extremely welcoming to all the Reds fans out there who might want to hop on the bandwagon.
0: There's a great, um, my buddy buddies who, work, who have a, a thing called com c-i-n-c-y uh shirts.com and they have this one t-shirt i need to get my buddy was wearing it the other day who, who owns this or works there um, my other buddy owns it but it's like mr Redlegs, but he has the moose the ears he's got the mustache he's wearing the mariner stuff he's got a little c on the thing and it's just uh it's the mashup of the Reds and the Mariners. There's, you know what? There's a lot of people, I even know some, who completely switched their allegiances to, to, the, to the Mariners. Um, and, and even those who don't, I think Cincinnati, outside of the Pacific Northwest, the people, the most people cheering for the Mariners are going to be in Cincinnati because they, they still love those guys. It's not, you know how can you not love Gino Um, and and Louie? It's it's just people here love those guys and appreciate those guys and want the best for them. And uh, hopefully, hopefully they, they get more of the best because those guys deserve it. They're good dudes, good dudes, good ball players.
2: Well, we really appreciate them and we appreciate you and all the Reds fans uh, for, for letting us have them. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the players that, uh, went over in return are able to help make an impact. Like I said, uh, Noel Marte is going to hit. Absolutely. That kid can hit Edwin Arroyo might sneakily be one of the best players in that trade. I see him as a young Correa. So
0: they, they uh, loved him.
2: He's, Maybe. I mean, he's a fabulous person too. He hosted, he had all the pros. he's from Puerto Rico, you know, Bad Bunny mm-hmm. played that huge concert he had before they went to training camp. He had all the Dominican prospects come to his house, stay with him. And he, they all went to the mm-hmm. Bad Bunny concert together. So That's just cool. kind of that leadership, you know.
0: Is what yeah. I mean. And I think he pitched left. I was trying to scout tell me he pitched left-handed in college in high school.
2: Yeah, yeah, he was a he was a switch switch pitcher, switch hitter as well as. Uh, and so, like, that was one of the
0: weird things when they got it over, and we we're like, "Who's this guy?" And like, you look at his his, his um, pages on the internet, and it's like SS, I'm like what? Yeah.
2: So <laughs> yeah. No, just like the a freakily athletic guy, I big in the way that I think he could hit for some power as well. Um, but also incredibly athletic, will stick at shortstop, which it's kind of looking like Marte might not. Maybe more of a third base, yeah. Type, um, possible corner outfielder attractive. who knows? It doesn't matter. Well, also, because Marte's gonna hit wherever he is, wherever you put him, he's gonna hit. So, the red top hurt.
0: prospect, who may be the I, I, I've had scouts say if there's like he was ranked 15 in one of those, and like if there's 14 meter players, haven't seen Um, uh, but is a shortstop, LA De La Cruz who is, oh my God, I I went and saw um, Chattanooga play for a series. And so that's where I saw Chase Petty. And when I saw him, he was sitting 97, 98 and his breaking stuff was breaking. Um, He's still young and he was young for double A, but, oh, I mean, that that first trade, I think Chase Petty's the guy. He was the player to be named. And I remember when that trade went down, I talked to three or four people inside the Reds organization. They said the player to be named, we really, really like him. Um, they're like, it's not a throw-in. Yeah, and and they will right, because I've seen that guy with my own two eyes. He's really good.
2: Well, I think that the Reds farm system is going to be pretty quickly here recognized as one of the best in the game. Uh, probably when we start to see some, you know, when the prospect lists start to come out in February thereabouts yeah. spring training that I think there's going to be a lot of noise around that farm system. We're definitely happy to have contributed to it and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and hoping for better, better times ahead in Cincinnati and hoping for, for good times here with the Mariners to keep on rolling. Uh, it's, so we it's really, crazy the
0: connections, you know, um,
2: we really I, appreciate, I, uh, I'll just go ahead and thank you for (laughs) Eugenio. You can just relay my wishes. Uh, Uh, Yeah. I appreciate you being, making the time talking to us, giving us some of your insights. I hope that this has helped people maybe warm their hearts a little more towards Jesse Winker, because I think that needs to happen here. Uh, Definitely just reassure everybody's hearts that uh, (laughs) we the Castillo trade was a good trade, even though it got blasted on the internet a little bit for being, I can't believe the Mariners gave up that much. Yeah, I can. Uh, And it sounds like. Well, and then the deal,
0: you know, the extension and that's, you know, like it was funny because uh, I'm sorry. If you you want to get rid of me, Uh, you know, that day that it happened, we were like, everybody like player wise, which was a, a little low, but, the other part was, because I think everybody in Cincinnati just thinks the world uh, of Luis Castillo. But the other part was, you know, I was talking to some people and they're like, and it made a lot of sense to me, knowing Louis. Louis is not a guy who's going to go for every dollar. He's a guy who wants to be comfortable. He wants to have his wife and his kids around. He wants to know where he's going to be, to be settled. You know, his family is what's important to him.
2: He's very quiet. yeah, that was something that stuck out was um when they acquired him, they went and talked to Suarez and Winker. And they each said the same thing, like, oh, great pitcher, great father, great pitcher, great daddy. That was said that. Uh, and I just I thought it really stuck out to me that that was the second thing they said about him. He is a great pitcher. He's a great dad.
0: mhm, and he is. and I, I think. He's excited to have that stability, that long term. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's generational wealth, which is, which is nice. So, you know, I, I still think about uh, Homer Bailey the first time he got it. And he's like, really? What's the difference between 90 million and 100 million? I'll take the 100 million, but, you know, and, and also Homer, I think I asked him, I was like, so what's the first thing you're going to buy? He's like, I got a can of dip. You know, it's like, it it changes your life, but it doesn't change your life because you're still
2: the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely the feeling. Yeah, I mean, that, once they had that kind of lockdown, too, that definitely changed. And again, it's that's part of the thing where Mariner's got to bring guys in, show them the culture, and and let them know. And that's a testament to what they've built, is how quickly he felt comfortable and, uh, yes, this is the place I want to be, so... Just, and, and it helped that he knew
0: everybody already, or half the team I, already. I
2: mean, again, if they just keep... I don't know who's left on the Reds uh, for us to continue importing. Do you happen to have any yeah. second baseman in there? Uh, <laughs> any in shortstop, second baseman type, we need a middle infielder, so...
0: Well, well, Search you just the sent them to the Reds.
2: One. I know, we sent them! <laughs> like, like,
0: yes, four of their five top prospects are all shortstops, yes. Yeah. Um, but that's good, because... You know who's a shortstop? Every right-handed high school player was a shortstop, and then they move somewhere else. So you play shortstop, you can play anywhere.
2: Yeah, that's, that is, that is like, there's no such thing as having too much depth at any one position in the minors. Like, you can, the most important Especially thing is the and where they go. Yeah, no, absolutely. If you, if you find Edward yourself Royal. with an embarrassment of luxury, you trade them.
0: You know, you move him somewhere else. Ellie De La Cruz plays some third. He plays center. F- he could play center field. Uh, Marte is can play either corner. Royals shortstop through and through. Um, you know, Matt McLean is another guy that they had their first round pick from, from 2021 is a shortstop out of UCLA. It's, <laughs> you know, they, they've got shortstops, but um, that's what, that's what you want to have.
2: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for making the time and uh, and talking to us and you know getting us even more hyped on these players who we have had. I wish I'd had you on way earlier, I, mean, I guess, when we acquired Castillo so we could have had a better idea of oh. what we were looking forward to all year. But he's just been a wonderful surprise. I mean, he's been, I think, obviously the biggest impact talent-wise, but it's been... Getting to know Eugenio and uh, getting to see him step into this leadership role—that has been for me the most pleasant part of watching the 2022 Mariners. So, just really yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Really it's enjoyable. Thank you for so much for sharing your insights on the players, and uh, and we really appreciate it. Uh, tell the people where they can find you for more. Updates on the Mariners, ex prospects, set oh, slash uh, or future
0: Mariners, <laughs> <or> um, <laughs> future Mariners.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm at the Athletic uh, on Twitter. I'm at C Trent. Um, you know, you can follow along on the Athletic. Uh, I think you know Corey Brock does a fantastic job. Speaking of great human beings, Corey Brock covers the Mariners for us. Um, yeah, cover the Reds. Uh, you can find some stuff about those guys. Go back the all-star game last year. I really liked my Jesse Winker story. Um, so, and then (laughs) Louie, Louie is one of a kind. And I, I had some tales from the minor leagues from him, I think two years ago at the all-star game. Um,
2: we'll find some of those and stick them in the links. Uh, I definitely want to push everyone to read the story that you wrote about Jesse Winker and, and Ren Winker because to me, that has made a huge soft spot for Winker in my heart ever since. And also I have a, pack of left-handed pens like pens that are because i'm also a lefty pens that are really good for left-handers because he said in the article he couldn't find one that doesn't smudge on him
0: yeah and i i yes um i'm a i'm a precisely five guy that's 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 what we go
2: (laughs) yeah i like the i like the pentel gel something or other i don't know it like dries immediately so it doesn't get all over. All over the the new go. Sharpie
0: gels are pretty good too. Ooh,
2: okay, I'll have to check those out. Well, uh, this is, a- uh,
0: again, this is the dumbest thing ever. There has not been a traveling beat writer on the Reds beat that was right handed since 2000. It
2: was 2005. Well, you've been on the Reds beat since 2010, uh, 11?
0: Seven was my first year full time on the <laughs>
2: Seven. Team. Yeah, well there there you go then. Again, with a baseball career that has outlasted um uh, what's his hey, name? Jr. Was red. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I was thinking of uh Phillips, what's his face?
0: Oh, Brandon Phillips, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Out, outlasted him, so. Hmm.
0: Yeah, guess well, guess who got the talking. last
2: word in that one? Well, he got a
0: couple million dollars. so um, <laughs> yeah, He was paid a little better than I was. I guess that's a fair point. <laughs> they, they paid him several million dollars to go away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they could pay me several million dollars to go away, and I'd <laughs> be happy. Um, <laughs> Phil Castellini might be thinking about that right now. We'll see. I bet. Um,
2: I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Thank you so much. He is, again, C. Trent Rosecrans. And you can find him at at ctrent on twitter.com. Thank you so much, Trent. And we will talk to you uh, again soon. I look forward to seeing maybe something you and Corey Brock could cook up.